gather round, everybody. It is time for Three Guys Before the Game. Thanks so much for being with us. The Senator is here. That's Brad Howe. The Dean is here. Hoppy Kirchville. He's energized, refreshed, and ready to go. And so are we. Could Kirchville perhaps be... Could perhaps he be energized and ready because he just realized that this coming weekend, Saturday night, the Highwaymen are going to perform at Wheeling Island Resort. A tribute to Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, and Willie Nelson. It's Saturday night, Saturday night at 7.30. All the favorite hits from that great trio. And tickets are just $15, available through the Wheeling Island gift shop or through Ticketmaster. That's the Highwaymen this weekend. Have you seen the Ken Burns feature on country music? Burns documentary. On, I've been on meaning to ask you if you had. I've seen. I've seen parts of it. I mean, it's like 16 hours long. I've seen yes. parts of it. It's really, really good. And there's well a lot of West, a lot of West Virginia in that too. Yes, there is. Very, very well down. Well done. I, I thought the same thing. I spent uh, yeah several hours uh, watching it. Kathy Matea. Yeah. Featured prominently. Yes. Did you see, by the way, that Kathy Matea is going to be an artist in residence at WVU? No. Yes. Really. Just, uh, just was in the uh, was in the uh, media sources today. She's coming. She's going to be a media, whatever you call that, artist in residence, and she's going to evaluate students' work. Um, you just, just you just made his day. That's a segment tomorrow on the program. Oh yeah, but he's tight with Mateo. I know. That's a that's a perfect segment for you, right? Sure, that's absolutely. exactly what yeah. you'd have on. That's perfect. Yeah. It's it, made the prep a little bit easier. I'm saying. Appreciate she, it. Yeah. She is hosting Mountain Stage more and more. You know, Larry for years, obviously, but in the summer she started doing it. Now she's still doing it. So that's awesome. One of that's the great. rare live national anthem performances at Mountaineer Field. You were part of that. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Did she, was there a little feedback issue? Did had she a little feedback? bounce back. Yeah. A little bounce back. Yeah. She, she yeah. recovered. But she's a pro. So yeah, she's she a pro. Just, yeah, she, she does, just yeah. goes right through it. Got it. Handle it. Bang it out. Was very good. Yeah, she did better than James Earl Jones when you guys brought him out on the field. He was out for some, uh, what was it, AT&T or what was that? Yeah, that's right. Wasn't that part of the band halftime pregame thing? Yeah, Taylor, you're right. You know, there was James. Earl he didn't Jones get the there. he didn't get his whole line. He got was, on, what, what his line was supposed to be, "Let's go, Mountaineers," <laughs> but instead it was, "Let's go, Mountaineer." He's not from Jamaica. What accent are you doing? Well, I'm trying. Hey, that was my. Yeah, you're really good at accents or uh, imitations. I don't. That wasn't one of your best. That wasn't Don Crick. Well, instead of saying. Do you know, I, I interviewed Don't try him. to bait me into Don Cricky. I, I interviewed him uh, one time. Do you know he's a stutterer? I remember that. Now yeah. you say that. Yeah. And he talked about that. And when he memorizes lines and is acting or doing a part, then he doesn't stutter. But he, he was born as a stutterer. So my James Earl Jones is horrific. A terrible. Needs work. Terrible. Well, um, anyway, he said, let's go Mountaineer instead of let's go Mountaineers. And you know how it comes back. So that really... No one's going to be at the stadium this weekend because this is our buy, B-Y-E, or sell episode. Episode 150, folks. Another milestone mark. Uh, we're 50 away from 200, and we're 50 after that massive cake that we used to celebrate episode 100 with. That was a nice cake. That was one of the best cakes. cake? You weren't here. It was in the summer. Oh. No, I think it was during basketball season, actually. No, it was the summer. Well, Nathan was here. Was Nathan here for Yeah. Well, it was toward the end. It was a massive sheet cake, dude. And it not only was it like gigantic, yeah. the taste on it was unbelievable. The Terra Cafe people did it. it oh, yeah. It weighed about 
about, about 35, 40, 45. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 40, exaggerating. It was a 40 pound cake. They had to bring it in with a, with a small crane. Uh, anyway, we're 50 episodes away. So here we go. On our program this evening, this morning, today, wherever you are listening, because we got people listening all over the world. So I'm sure it's any day part. On our show today, we're going to talk a little Mountaineer football. Since the last time we got together, Neil Brown had his press conference. And you could see that the theme of the week for WVU football is reset. Reset. You know, kind of like in a basketball game where, like, you try to run a half-court set and the play doesn't happen, and then they just pitch the ball back out to the guard. <laughs> he, get, he gives it this one. Like, here, let's run this thing again one more time. Let's run it again. That's what they're doing over at West Virginia football this week. And uh, I talked to someone over there, one of the staff guys, and uh, he said, man, we had a really good meeting today. And I thought at first he was kind of like pulling my leg, saying like, you know, things are down. He said, uh, Coach Brown went in there, kind of gave a state of the program, like a reassessment. Okay, guys, here's where we are, and this is what we're going to be here over the next five weeks of this season. And I said, well, how'd it go? Again, thinking he was going to pull my leg. He said, whoa. He said it was like really strong. He went like 20 strong minutes going like, this is it. This is where we are, and we're, just, and we're, gonna, you know, we're, we're not done. And so then he basically came out, and that was his same theme that he used during his press conference on Tuesday. So um, that's what they're going to try to do. Going to try to gain focus, refocus, and be ready to go next Thursday. Well, it's a, it's a natural time to do that, as we've talked. The the Baylor's the kind of the outlier in this group, but it makes sense to do that because again, as you enter November, there's a chance now to get against some of these teams that you're a little more closely aligned with. Can I read you a stat real quick? I'm gonna go stats early on you. Oh, absolutely. You ready? Yeah. So if you look down the S and P rankings, which are which are efficiency rankings. Right, so it's not so just this league is not standings. the standard in pours. It's not the league standings. No, and it's not that either. College right. football S and P plus rankings. Okay. okay, so if you start to look down the Big Twelve, the top four rated teams. This won't surprise you, but it just backs up what you're saying here. Oklahoma three, Baylor sixteen, Iowa State seventeen, Texas twenty seven. So the four teams you're going to play in the month of October sit atop the efficiency rankings in the Big Twelve, and then you start to get into Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State. Texas Tech, Talk to and me. you've already played Kansas. Talk to me. So it totally flips itself around. And I'm not saying you're going to win all those games, right. but you're at least in a position with teams that you're more closely matched with than you have been over the month of October. Tony, there's a mythological figure. His name is Sisyphus. You know who Sisyphus is? Not personally. I don't know if I follow him on Facebook or not. I haven't met him. Go ahead. Sisyphus is this character. You'll know when I tell you. And he was always pushing the rock up the hill when he got to the top and rolled back down. Ooh. That's Sisyphus. And that's what's, what it was like for the last eight years for the West Virginia program under Dana Holgerson, right? I mean, you had, you, you, sometimes you got the stone up the hill, but it then would roll back down. So you, he, he never built this program. He sustained it, had some good years, had some bad years, but he didn't build a program. Now, think about you, where you are now. Yeah, you've lost some games, and you're, you, know, you could be a little bit depressed by that. But this, these guys are going to build a program. That's what they set out to do. And just relating your story, yeah. that, that indicates that. And if you hadn't had this coaching change right now, we'd be talking about whether Dana Holgerson, whether Shane Lyons is going to fire Dana Holgerson for having a lousy year. You'd still be having a bad year, but Dana Holgerson would be your head coach. He'd be throwing a fit on the sidelines. The fans would be miserable and angry. And, you, and, and West Virginia would be figuring out how do they pay a multi-million dollar buyout to fire the coach? 
As it is, you're a year ahead. You're a year ahead. Year, year zero is a year ahead of where you could be. You're fine. Everything's okay. Wow. And I think, to be quite honest with you, you would be having that conversation right now. Because had Dana stayed, what are you, three and four right now? You're probably three and four right now, four and three. If Dana stays, Josh Jackson, the quarterback from Virginia Tech, comes here. Um, you still lose the other guys uh, with the academic deal. But you're probably three or four, four or three, and you're right. That's the convert. That's the whole season. The whole season is every hot seat that you, every hot seat story that you read. He's on there. So you're exactly right. Heck, it may not even be hot seat at this point. At this at, at this point, the seat you may have already been done. That that settlement may already be of have written, even if yeah. it wasn't announced. So you're right. It, it, at least in this position, the year zero thing comes into play, and you can try and look down the road rather than just looking immediately in front of you and having that kind of angst. Uh, we've got, by the way, on the show today, we've got uh, listener questions, and which are really good, by the way, and uh, basketball as well. A really weird thing happened yesterday, uh, Kansas City with Huggins' press conference, a bizarrely weird deal uh, that we will get into as well. One of the other things, when I talk to some of the folks on the WVU staff uh, about Neil Brown, because we're still, right, we're still in the honeymoon period. We haven't been married for a year yet, right? You're still in the honeymoon period. Um, I say, why is, this, why is this guy good? Why is he so successful? Tell me, what, what's he got? And I talk to guys that have been on other staffs. And, they, and one of the continuing themes that I hear, they say, is he's got this plan, and he doesn't move from the plan. In other words, there's no, eh, that's good enough. It's like he's got this plan and he does not move away and he knows it's going to work and he's just, that's all you do is this is how it works. Okay, I say that to let you all hear this because he was asked at his press conference about Matt Rule and why Matt Rule has been successful at Baylor. Matt Rule, again, we could be looking into a future mirror here because he takes over that absolute dumpster fire that Art Bryles left, right? They had, what they have, 16 kids? Uh, by the time it was over with, right, their numbers were just like hugely down. Right. So Matt Rule goes 1-11 his first season, 7-6 and six last season, and now they're high-stepping and they're 7-0. and oh. So Brown, during his press conference this week, was asked, okay, so what's your take on what Matt Rule has done? Listen to his answer, and he may be also validating or confirming the way that he's going to do this thing. Here's Neil Brown. He has not blinked. Like, he had a plan. I think, it's, I think it speaks to him because he really had a couple opportunities at, at a couple different Power 5 jobs leaving Temple. Um, and he chose that Baylor situation. Um, so I think he went in there with a vision for what he wanted. Um, he didn't blink. He never lost his way, you know, through the 1-11 season. Man, they grinded out 7-6 and six last year. And now if you look at their roster, you know, I think they start eight seniors on defense maybe, um, a couple juniors, and then five seniors and three juniors on offense. And so now those two years have really hardened those kids. That's the thing. He didn't blink. Had a plan, attacked the plan. Nothing swayed him off that plan, and so that's probably as good a compliment as I can give him. Oh, by the way, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I think he could have he could have he could have closed that too. Oh, by the way, that's exactly what I'm doing. I got the same plan. I know exactly how to make this thing work. Just trust the climb. 
and uh, we'll get this thing done. It's similar, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, similar to what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State. They both inherited programs that were an absolute mess. Baylor had had some more recent success than Iowa State had, but same type of thing. You got to build it. You got to build the depth back up. You got to go find players. You got to get a different level of player in, and then you can start winning in year two, three, four, five, whatever it is. You know, there, there's nothing unique about that. Successful people have plans. They know what they know what to do to be successful. So they aren't reinventing the wheel. They aren't coming up with something nobody's ever done before. They say, okay, here's how we do it. And, and the key, uh, Brad, is that you do those things. You do all those things. You don't, you don't slough off. You don't say, well, we'll do one, three, and eight. You do all those things. And you know you have confidence. That's why I don't think their confidence is shaken. Because you know if you do all these things, you, you improve your chances dramatically of being successful. I, I used to tell my son when he was in school, I said, look, if you do these things, if you pay attention in class and take notes and study, you increase your chances dramatically of being successful. Is that complicated? No. So it, it, it's, it's the basic elements of success that are as old as time. Basic elements of success that are very simple but hard to do in a lot of cases, right? Th- th- what you're talking about there, everybody has the ability to do, and so few do it. You see it in college football programs. You're paying a lot of these guys a ton of money, and there's zero plan. There's zero accountability. The, the work ethic isn't there. The doing things you're supposed to do don't exist. It's shocking, but that's, that's what you see every day. Agreed. All right. One of the big things that uh, came out of the press conference on Tuesday was also the injury update. And West Virginia is going to have to go at least for the next month without its leading tackler, Josh Chandler. These are the types of things that do unfortunately happen when you're in these kind of builds. It always seems to hit uh, key players. Obviously, West Virginia went into the last game not knowing whether or not uh, Austin Kendall was going to go and now Josh Chandler is out. And that's going to lead to some uh, position movement. Uh, we may get Jared Bartlett, a true freshman who they've been holding on to. Uh, he may now get out of the field. He does have four opportunities to play, not blow his red shirt. Um, so we've got movement going on. There. So that helps. I mean, you kind of get a a weird boost of depth at the end of the season. Normally you don't. Normally it's just attrition and you're getting less and less. This new rule allows you some of these guys you've been holding waiting for the four games that now you can go to drop in there. Now they're young guys, so the the expectations should be lower, but at least you get some bodies in there and see what they can do over the last month. Good news is Keith Washington is expected to be back. And also the quarterback topic was discussed during the press conference, and that is Jared Deggy. Uh, question was asked, you know, he, so what, what role does he play in this? Like he's oh, he, like this season, like Jared Deggy is kind of like, uh, like what, like, like the gold, like the gold star that you, you see in the sky, but you can't, you, don't touch it. It's there, but don't touch it. But it's weird because it, it. it's not a full on quarterback controversy no. that you'd normally have with the backup. It's not normal. When are you going to get him and get him in? But, it, but he's, we talk more about Jared Deggie as the fourth string possible <laughs> redshirt quarterback than any other guy in that situation in the history of the program. No, it's uh, not a controversy. It's just a discussion. How much, how much did you talk about? Not the same scenario. How much did you talk about Will Greer in the year he sat out? That's all you talked about was Will Greer. Yeah. Yeah. What we, we would be saying this. I'll just tell you. They say on the scout team, Will, Will Greer's Greer. just killing it. Like they can't stop Will Greer and scout team. And you know what? I hear a little bit of that as well about Deggy and scout team. They say he's throwing BBs. So I think it's a matter of not if. It's just a matter of when. No question. They pull the covers back, and why not? If he's 100% healthy, right, and you have four to use him in, 
Rock and roll, man. You use him. You, you most experienced, him. most experienced quarterback on the team. Sure, and it's why some of us on this panel had the over under <laughs> or had the over on the three and a half quarterbacks played this do you year. St- do you do you start him or come or bring him in some at some point? See what happens. Can't answer that yet. Yeah. Okay. Because some of it could be injury related, right? Sure. I mean, Austin Kendall toughed it out there against that Oklahoma game, but if he gets another ding, then I think the answer becomes you start him. If if that's not the case, then again, you're back to you probably want Kendall to get as many reps as he possibly can. Maybe you share some duties there. So I think it just depends on the situation each week. I want you all to save money. I really, truly do. If you're in the business of printing, then I've got a thing for you here, and it is Comax Business Systems, located right here in the great state of West Virginia, they can save you dollars every every month on your managed print systems, and it's really super easy. They are your full-service Konica Minolta dealer. Visit them on their website, comaxwv.com, K-O-M-A-X-W-V.com. Initiate the conversation. They'll come in. They'll analyze, uh, do an analysis, evaluate, do an inventory of what it is that you are using and how they can save you money. Visit Comax wv.com all right y'all ready for some questions sure Sure. by the way really enjoying this aspect of it of this uh, doing this thing here we go george writes in football wv has built a culture based on defensive tenacity for that style to return what are the defensive points of emphasis being coached in preseason practice and how realistic is it to expect a major turnaround there given the amount of newcomers on this year's roster? All right. Want me to go? Go ahead. I think what you're dealing with right now is duct tape and gorilla glue. I think that's where they are on this defense. You know, it's not completely healthy and they are trying to Tape, glue, stick, put pieces together, Mm -hmm. move guys here and there. I mean, you see Josh Nord having to run over the corner last week at Oklahoma and trying to take this guy and do this. So I think this is a spring practice question where they get back to it. I do think this will be a very physical, aggressive, tough, traditional West Virginia-style defense eventually, probably next season. Um, because I think they've shown some flashes of being tough this year, but right now I think it's kind of it's duct tape, man. Yeah, trying I, to put I, it together. I, mean, I agree. I agree. And they're incredibly thin uh, with the injuries and also the inability of the offense to generate anything. Brad puts increasing pressure on the defense, so it's hard to judge the defense when they got their backs against the wall the majority of the game. That's exactly right. How about this? A couple stats. Ready? Yeah. So if you look across the board, and again, this won't necessarily surprise you. You don't need the analytics to tell you this, but West Virginia's offense has struggled, right? It's 10th in multiple offensive categories. But you flip over to the defensive side of thing, yards per play. So offensively, yards per play, West Virginia's last in the Big 12, behind even Kansas. Defensively, yards per play for West Virginia. Take a stab at where they may rank. I just gave it away. They're not last. Where do you think West Virginia ranks in yards per play defense? Defensively? Yes. Yards per play? I'd say if they're in the middle, that'd be great. Yeah, f- sixth? Fifth. And they were ahead of Oklahoma 
until they played Oklahoma last week and they've fallen just behind because of the offensive output of the Sooners. That's pretty that wild. really surprised me and I think speaks to what we all think when you've watched these games over the last couple weeks. You've come away saying, I tell you what, the defense was around it for a couple yeah. weeks. I know there's a ton of holes. I know Vic Koning's looking at that thing and, and if he's listening to this, he's going, what are you guys talking about? We are a long way away. But there has been some glimmers there defensively and I think that shows it. Given the schedule they've played to this point, to be fifth in yards per play defense, I think is a, is a win at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I agree with you. All right, thanks for that question. Uh, next up, Matt. We kind of already did this. Matt Ankrum, long time, first time. Here's a hypothetical. Holgerston is still the West Virginia head coach. Are the Mountaineers three and four right now? Is their record better, the same, or worse? You know, we, we kind of touched on that. Maybe it's four and three, but I, the larger question is, I go back to my original point, is you're not you're not building anything. Maybe you're plugging in some holes, but you're just sort of, you're, you're just sort of treading water and maybe have a better year in there, but uh, it was never a good fit. So it was going to end at some point, either with a firing. And if he didn't have a, if he didn't have a good year, I'm, sure, I'm not sure what other job he was going to get. So it was, it was probably going to end badly. West Virginia ought to be thankful. And I tell you, I've talked to some high-ranking university officials. They are thrilled. <laughs> they are thrilled that they the change paid. was made. The, the they got paid a million dollars to make a change on something that was inevitable that was going to happen we, probably right we now. We will take Dana Holgerson and pay you a million dollars. Sold. I, I said at the time, I said when we did this podcast the day it happened, if I'm Shane Lyons and I got that call, I would have loaded up the plane and took Dana to Houston. I, I'd say, get in the plane. I'll drive you down there. We'll fly right. I'll take you. Let's go. Here's the thing. Uh, you're probably right. Maybe you're in the same spot. Maybe you've won a game more. Here, here's the larger point. This this environment around WVU football right now would be absolutely toxic. Yes. Because you would have people yes. losing their mind, calling for firings. That would be the discussion. You'd have a small group standing up trying to fight those people that you shouldn't, and you got to support the guy. It would be an absolute disaster mess right now. So whether you win one more, lose more, it would be a, it would be a toxic environment around that and program. I, I guarantee you that every time that that and, and Stuart Hall lets Shane Lyons run the show but that every time that Dana Holgerson threw a fit and threw his headset down and smashed it Stuart Hall grimaced and said that's not that's not the image we want to present as a university it was time as we've said a million times it was time yeah, to move on time so for both whether you'd be the same record or not it was time I call it the perfect divorce it was never oh, been yeah. a, never been a better divorce uh next one with the release of the 2020 Big 12 schedule what school no former Big East teams or traditional rivals like Maryland. Would you most like to see WVU schedule for a home-and-home home in the near future? Good one. But you know what? I, this, is a, this is a debate we have every summer, and I think Shane Lyons give him a lot of credit for getting some of those old rivals back on because you're seeing them all. You're seeing Virginia yep. Tech come back on. You're seeing Pitt come back on. You're seeing Penn State come back on. You've got them all on there. Now, if I'm Neil Brown, I'm bummed out at the difficulty <laughs> of the schedule. Yeah. But from that particular question – I mean, I think you've hit it, right? I like Maryland being on the schedule. He says no. You can't. He says non non traditionals. Oh, say that again. So I misread who the question. Other than Sorry. no former Big East teams or traditional rivals. My bad. Who's that um, question from? Uh, I think it's Justin. Sorry, Justin. Oh gosh, that's a good question. I got one. Alabama's been on there. No, here's what I think you need to do. Gosh, don't play them. <laughs> that's what I need. To, I think from a recruiting standpoint, <laughs> you're going down into Virginia. You're going down into North Carolina. You're going into Kentucky. I'd like to see us play Kentucky. Kentucky's a good one. Yeah. I'd like to see us play. I wouldn't mind at all. NC State on a continuing basis. North Carolina, North Carolina on a continuing basis. Yeah. I have no problems. Any, UVA, I got no problems there. 
I'm all good with those. Any any of those that I think that have have kind of a regional potential rivalry that fans can drive to if it's a home and home, those kinds of things. Sure. Yeah, I like that. You don't want Clemson either right now? No, 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 no. No. Don't want Ohio Clemson. State? Nope. <laughs> Name a couple more. Bowling Green, I like their – I the can't because you're – I'm looking at your back because you're just running from everybody right I now. In, in the state of Ohio, I'd take me a little Akron. I'd take me a little Bowling Green. Come on. I'd step up play people. Dude – I know you're baiting me. This schedule needs to be one team, uh, one team that's terrible, one team that's a group of five, and one team that's a power five. See why college football can't move forward? Because it's people like that. That that mindset is running college football. You're a coach killer. Look, the I'm not coaching either. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with trying, Trey. I'm on trying that. some entertainment and want to watch the games. Entertain entertainment value. I don't see West Virginia playing for a national championship in the in, in the near future. So entertain the fans. That's entertain the fans. Entertain for you. You know when the fans are entertained? When they've got a lot of wins. Like no one ever complains. No one ever complains when you take a look at some of the win totals on these Mountaineer teams. Go back and look at the schedules of those seasons. They're not going like, yeah, we well, probably you should still- play Cal State Fullerton that year. No, no one's complaining about that. Next question. Well, West, you're, you're next, wrong, but you're you're wrong to an extent. But I won't fight that battle now. I, I can sit. All right, down. What's, what is what's West Virginia go next year in the in the non conference schedule? What's the record going to be in the non conference? I got them beating Maryland. You, you haven't beaten Florida State. Florida State's a mess. Florida State is in. Well, I, maybe they'll have a new coach by then. So either way, I mean, uh, yeah, you beat Florida State. Florida State's a upside down three and zero. Next question. We probably can't talk about Florida State on this show because he he'd rather be playing. Uh, Savannah State oh, that in that one, game. So no, he won't be excited about the season Southeast, opener. Southeast West State. We'll just handle that at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah. Florida State would be my power five. I said I'm going to get a power five. Then yeah. you wouldn't get Maryland. No. Where does the team stand on the over-under bat of catches by a running back at the beginning of the oh. season? Oh. I believe I don't, the number do I, I don't even need to look it up. Don't it's, look it's it up. It's under. Do we even have 50 completions? <laughs> I'm just being funny. It's way, it's way under on the look running backs. Look it up, backs. by the way. Look and see how many we have. You have it right there, Hoppy? No. Okay, next question from Z. Z says, how many of the five games left do you have West Virginia winning? Well, I had at the beginning of the season five. I said West Virginia would be five and seven, so therefore I've got, I've got two. Yeah. I'll stick to that. I've got two, two left. You're two. going two? I'm going three. Yeah, I'm so going you want to name the three? No. You just think three. Three. I'm going bowl eligibility. Okay. I'm going high stepping in with six wins in a bowl game. See, I don't. Well, we don't want to get into Baylor yet, but I'm looking to. Let me just say this: I'm looking to November. I know. And just pick a couple. Pick Didn't up a say it was going to be easy. I just said, yeah. Okay, here you want to go on the fly here. And what is it? How many? Here's the question. The question what? is how many how many catches do we have by wide receivers? By what? No, by running by backs. Running backs. Okay, add these up. Backs. You ready? Go, I'll go ahead. Right, wait a minute. I'm, you I'm, you I know, Hoppy. Trust me, you're not going to need a piece of paper. Go ahead, do it. I'm going to guess how many it is. Oh. Make sure. Yeah, go ahead and guess. It's um. It's, I'd say it's under 30. Uh, 22. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me the numbers. Okay. You're going to be close. You're going to miss it because McCoy has 21 himself, okay. which surprises me oh, that, that it's that many. That surprises me. 21 there. Yeah. Four for Letty Brown. 25. 25. 25 yeah. Keep and going. two for Petaway. 27. Four for Sinkfield. 31. And that's it. Well, you can get to 50. This will get to 50. That's more than I, the 21 by McCoy surprised yeah. me. I would not have guessed that. So you're, what I just say? 31? Yeah. 31 with five? Yeah. You rip, six a game? You ripped me last show for going on the uh, three and a half on the quarterbacks. Why don't you tell me that I did say go over 50 on receivers? Thank you. 
No so you love. Just, you just did that too early. Why don't you wait until they get over 50 and then try and be indignant about it? No. Right now, you're still below. You're off pace right no, now. No, no. You're off I'm going to be indignant. He screams at me and he's off pace. I want to be indignant early. That's a classic him. Yes. Because he's probably going to be wrong, but he tries to get out in front of it early and yell at you. And then wait. And then he'll disappear and run from it when he's wrong at the end. Just He should wait until an act surprising and then do a mic drop. Right. Oh, okay. I think right, because then I got no comeback. Right now, right. I have a comeback and say, why don't you wait because you're behind pace. Right. Go ahead. Now, the reason I jump on it early now and pretend that I won is because if it doesn't happen, I can claim it. I'm gonna, I look good right now. We, and then if, and then God we're forbid, aware of the game. Yeah, we, we know we what you do. We get what's happening here. And then, and, then if it, and if I do win, then there'll be billboards. Yeah. <laughs> there'll be billboards going. I know, but what you forget is by doing it that way, yeah. we, we will we take will, out the yeah, billboards exactly. when we're right. It'll be like, my billboard's going right? to be like this. This is going to be my billboard. Billboard's going to be like on I-79, like near the Muriels, mm-hmm. one on near Fairmont where they, where Rocco's got the Canadian flag on the Muriels billboard. He wants Canadians in there too. Anyway, like he'll take anybody. Anyway, mine was going to be like two years in running over under tight end catches and running back catches. Come to me. I've got the answer. And ours will be the quarterback over hit that and the running back under over under doesn't matter. We and, take both and num- sides. And win number it all. of wins. Yep. Win it all. Go ahead. Uh, Chris writes in. You know, being right is its own success. We don't have to broadcast it all over. Oh, no, I'm broadcasting. <laughs> uh, writer writes in. This is kind of a half, uh, this is a hybrid football basketball. Uh, it says uh, WV football and three others says this team's says that this team likes each other. Oh, this is basketball. And that the each other and the culture is much different than last year. What player is leading the culture change? Let's hang on to that one. Let's see if I can get any more football in here before we uh, – okay, here's a football for you. Dave, does Lincoln Riley take an NFL job next season? Well, <sighs> well look, I mean – Are the, the Cowboys open? They may be. Potentially. Yeah, that – I don't know. He, You know, that's a great question because he's got such a nice gig. Such a great gig. There aren't many of those NFL jobs. Look, the, But next season, if I was picking one, next season, no. Give me a no. Okay. All right. The, the Cowboys' job, which I mean, Jason Garrett's been what fired for five years now. He's getting fired every yeah. week for five years. Yep. Lincoln Riley is the man, right? I mean, he's he wins all his games. Clearly, he's he's the guy in charge. He's making six million dollars a year. He's going to make more every year. In ten years, he's going to have made sixty million dollars, whatever the number is. Yep. You go to the Cowboys, you'll make more. But guess guess who's in charge of the Cowboys? Jerry. Jerry Jones is in charge. Do you want to sacrifice being the guy, the dominant controlling guy who's making plenty of money to go to the Cowboys and, and answer to Jerry Jones? Maybe have Jerry Jones tell you who you're recruiting and not decide yourself. I see what you're saying. And you make a compelling argument to most. It's still the Dallas Cowboys. It's still taking that. what you know it's still at the, the highest Yankees. level. I, I get it, it. You still I, take it. You still take you it? You take it. Timing's everything. It depends on where Lincoln Riley is in that life cycle, but you, it, it's the Cowboys, man. It's the Cowboys. Here's I, I another know, one. It's the Cowboys plus Jerry Jones. So you still have to deal with that. I mean, who who has had... Barry Switzer. Jimmy Johnson. I mean, it's okay. the Cowboys. It always comes down to this, Hop. From a coaching standpoint, why did John Beeline become the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, because, because you think coaches, he can. I mean, well, coach, because coaches always go, all right, I think I got this pretty much worked out. How would it do against the absolute best? So Lincoln Riley is heralded as an offensive savant, right? And he's going like, wait a second, Kingsbury's over there? 
Arizona, mm-hmm. running that stuff. Mm-hmm. I got stuff that'll make Kingsbury. They'll go like, how'd you do that? I want to try to run my, that's what it comes down to. I understand it, but you don't know, first of all, if Kingsbury's going to be successful. That's number one. And number two, I just think that that I understand the whole appeal of the Cowboys, and and that is a the premier job in the NFL probably, right? The Cowboys, except there America's is. America's team. Yes. There is that other part to it. I, I would not be surprised if he took it. I'm just saying he's got a good gig. Coaches also have good gigs when they're broadcasters, and they almost always go, go back, back in. Almost always. One, one other thing that we won't dwell on this, we'll talk about next week. Put Matt Rule squarely in that discussion. Matt Rule might be the first Big 12 coach to be out to the NFL. Think he could leave next Tuesday? Flirted last year. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Flirted last year, right? Name came up, Giants, yeah. some others. He has some NFL experience. I know he just signed an extension, but keep an eye on this NCAA investigation thing that's popped back up. That Baylor thing's not done. There's sources that are reporting Dallas Morning News saying they're going to send that Baylor case, that new infractions oversight committee that was assembled just for things like this, complex cases. If they're going to get hammered again, it might, Matt, you see, might, Matt Rule might say, you know what, guy, I, I did everything I could for you. Yeah. This is not what I was promised. That's, but that's also an extenuating circumstance. The, there's an auditorium full of great college coaches who were miserable failures in the NFL. Oh, yeah. There's no question. The, they're the exception. They're the exception rather than the rule when the guys jump over from college. Hey, folks, here's something else. I told you earlier I want you to save money with your printing supplies. I want to do something more than save money. I want you to save a life. And we all can do it. In fact, I was talking with some docs this past weekend that we here in West Virginia need to increase our number of folks that are organ donors. And you can do it. It's absolutely super simple by going to donatelifewv.org. Donatelifewv.org. Leave a legacy that will truly save lives. One donation can save up to eight lives and 75 others could be benefited from a organ donation. Over 113,000 people across our country right now are waiting for organ transplants. And you, by simply signing up, can change people's lives forever. DonateLifeWV.org. DonateLifeWV.org. Visit, learn more, and do sign up. Ready, sir, for some hoopage? First off, before I get to the basketball questions, I'm going to spend just a second on this. What in the what in the what in the name of Bumper McFarland happened to Hugs there at the podium yesterday? He goes up for his press conference and sits at the table, and basically, uh, I mean, they they could have put Charlie Chaplin up there. I mean, no one no no one asked him anything. It was just like, any more questions for the coach? Moderator, the moderator, he had to be dripping right. Moderator had to be sweating, you know, like those guys. Uh, any questions for the coach? We'll now take questions for the coach. Que- questions? No one asked him a question. Hoppy, are Big 12 media scared of Bob Huggins? Oh, probably. I mean, Huggins is a pretty intimidating guy, and he's sort of like uh, Popovich. You know, you don't <laughs> from San Antonio. You don't you don't know if you're going to get a one word answer or, or if you're going to get some sort of. So it is Huggins. You know, he's our guy. Just sort of Huggins. You want to give your theory on what would happen if that uh, if the media day was held in Madison Square Garden? Yeah. See, Hoppy, and that, he he's much media. better. He the Northeast Corridor media, right? They're they all they're just miserable people. Right, they're in. They're always in traffic. They're not happy. They talk funny. I mean, they're just all ramped up. 
they're much better suited to talk to hugs, right? You're like, you talking to me, I talk to you. You talking to me, I talk to you. Hey, hugs, what about this? Right? You got she, as a kid, shy boy, shoe boy, shub. What is it, hugs? Is he good? I mean, you get none of that. You got all these Midwest guys there, and they're like, <laughs> they're sitting properly. You think they're too nice and polite? Yes. Ask a freaking question. He had the preseason new uh, freshman of the year on his team. How about, hey, coach, we see Shibwe as the preseason. How good is he compared to Derek Culver? Hey, coach, is he the best player you've had since your days at Cincinnati? Hey, coach. Well, now, one, what's of, the really? qu- one of the questions was how Derek Culver's grown, and Hugs said, go ask Derek Culver. <laughs> Here's what I think. So. I agree. Here's two things. Number one, I think that he, he – it's the greatest paradox of all time. He looks intimidating. He's not intimidating. He doesn't rip. When was the last time he ripped someone's ass? Media guy. I mean, you could find 50 examples of other coaches ripping media guys before you could find one of hugs. What he does when he gives you those short little answers, like he says, oh, why, don't you, why don't you go ask Derek? The response is, well, I'm not asking. I'll ask him later. I'm asking you. That's and, he'll give you an, and he'll give yeah. you an answer. But he plays the game, and he plays the game, and he wins. He wants to talk. He likes to talk. Anyway, I thought it was bizarre. Poor Barry. And by the way, he's morphed into Don Haskins. He is. He's morphed into Don Haskins. Why do you say that? Well, what was Don Haskins' nickname? The Bear. The Bear. So he goes up there. He's got that vest on, which Haskins used to wear a vest, right? And he sits down. I look at him. I go, Don Haskins. (laughs) He's become Don Haskins, who was one of his buddies. You know what, he, West Virginia, and this is last year's basketball season. We know what that was. And this year's football season is a struggle. West Virginia needs a, a team that people can get, a basketball team that people can get around, that has some excitement, that has Huggins, energy. I mean, come on, you need that, right? Yeah, that would be a good time for it. That's good right. Time. That's fair. Is it three or four years we've been in the semifinals? Three straight years of the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament? Yes, that sounds right, because it was, was it three straight championship games, and then right. last year was the semis. Okay. Do you think someone – I mean, it's not like you're – right? It's not like you, 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 last year was your year. I mean, what? Anyway. Well, they don't, they don't know him. They don't get him. They don't get him. After eight years, they still don't get him. Now, if Barry Trammell was there, Barry would have asked him a question, right? Yeah. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, go to the questions. Speaking of questions, ask questions. Will Deuce play more one or two? Comes in from uh, Kevin. What do you think there? One? Oh, one. He's a one. He's a point guard. I can't get too excited about this team, so I'll restrain and refrain. But the people inside the program are saying that Deuce McBride is a hybrid of Javon Carter and Daxter Miles. Did you see that move Javon Carter had? Pretty good. Why did, did you see his numbers? In the debut? Yeah. Scored 11. Hit three threes. They he might put want a move to, on a guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crossed him over. <laughs> nice night. Yeah. They might want to have a ball boy go to his locker and help him out getting dressed because he had one black sneaker on and one white sneaker. I mean, so obviously he didn't have two sneakers in his locker, that, so he had to put a black one on. That's kind of unusual. Kind of a thing. Huh? It's kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Uh, next up, how negatively do you think the emphasis on no contact near the basket will affect WVU's inside game and rebounding? If they call it, that's a big issue, oh, man. right? If they actually call that, that negates a what could be a good advantage for West Virginia with those big bodies inside. That's three huge horses. Mm-hmm. we got four, actually. Potentially, you've got four horses. You know what you're going to get is inconsistent calls. You're going to have hugs losing his mind when they start calling that stuff. 
Uh, Hugs does not recruited ballerinas. He's recruited Belgian <laughs> plow horses, right? That's what it is. He got. He does not have guys with tutus. He's got Belgian plow horses. And they just, this would be a good year for old Big East basketball. Yeah. Right? That's the style you would like. Yeah. Um, when will we see Press Virginia again? I... I don't think it comes back, man. I figured ever. I don't think so. You know why I say that? I'll tell you why I say that. Why it? So here's my idea. It surprises me too. It works so well, right? It surprises me that okay, we saw how we did as a staff. Okay, let's just continue to recruit those types of players that allow us to play like that. They haven't been able to do it. Therefore, they can't do what they were doing. Now they're going to be really long. You can put some big, long lineups out there, but not full court up and down the floor, press Virginia's. Is it the worst thing in the world that there is a hiatus for it? Because it was getting to the point where people are like, all right, got it. We, yeah, we know how to do it, right? Point. It's one thing playing against it, but they, the, the shock value of having to go against it maybe had worn off a little. So maybe this isn't the worst thing. Let it cycle through a couple classes at each school and bring the thing back and say, boom, here it is again. I just want these guys to defend. I don't care if it's press. I don't care what it is. I want to stop people. I want to stop people. I think they've got the chance, but still, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna happen game one. I mean, it's not gonna happen early on in the season. That's a that's a mental that's a mental culture that you have to take on. Uh, lastly, a coach says that the uh, this team likes each other culture wise. What player is leading the culture change on this team? You got a bunch of them, don't you? I think a couple. I think McCabe. McCabe and Matthews. I think they're leading the culture change. And I think Deuce McBride is not a guy that he easily falls in, right? You don't have a standoffish guy. So at this point, there's no knuckleheads at this point. We've said this before. This this feels like a really likable team with those guys you just mentioned. Shebway's a, a fun guy to watch. Smiley. Smiley. Derek Culver at, at Media Day. He talked about Derek Culver. He nice got job. a ton of questions, gave some great answers, seems to be enjoying himself. I mean, this feels like a team that if they win, you can really rally behind because they got a bunch of guys that you can like. Yep, I agree. In my opinion. Yes, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, so here's the uh, here's the lay of the land, folks, as we get ready to go into the, uh, to the official bye week. Here's your last call. Not for booze. Your last call for barbecue. I'm just telling you, this Saturday, Red and Blue Barbecue, world champion barbecuer, Luke Darnell coming to Morgantown High School. If you were, if I were to go through this wall right here, there's Morgantown High right there. He's going to teach from 3.30 to 4.30 on putting together world champion ribs. And if it's pretty good, Hop, if I got it down, I'll do it upstairs. Oh, really? In the next couple of weeks, I would do it before we tape. I'll do them. I'll bring them down here, and we'll show people what they look like. Nice. Well, I think nice I can master it. That's a big yeah. development. Yeah. If Appreciate you'd like that. to attend the Red and Blue Barbecue, not only do you get the one-hour lecture on how to do the ribs, you also get to eat. It's all for just $25. Go to the uh, Facebook page, Red and Blue Barbecue, Red and Blue Barbecue. Do you eat some of the barbecue and side, sides? Sides, dessert, drink, and pulled pork is what he's going to cook the sides just on Saturday. Nice. They kind of take up space. Beans, do, beans, beans done well. Coleslaw done yeah, well. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little small. Just a little, little cups. Mac and cheese in there. Just, just a little yeah. cups. No, you, he eats at a whole different. I mean, we we eat from for mass like bulk. <laughs> like we're we're the we're the Sam's Club of eaters. Like we just don't have like. Well, do you one feel compelled? Stand. I mean, you're killing the ribs, but do you do you feel compelled to finish your sides? Absolutely. Yes. 
Oh, you finish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're not hurting <laughs> yeah, when yeah, you yeah, walk yeah. out, right. then you didn't do you a good job. You've got to be doubled over. You can't stand up straight when you walk out. You're not doing it right. Sponsors on today's program, they're wonderful. DonateLifeWV.org. Visit them and consider an organ donation to save not a life but lives. ComaxWV.com. Stop wasting your money. And by the good folks at Wheeling Island Hotel Resort and Casino, visit them at WheelingIsland.com. The Highwaymen are there, plus the Monster Ball at Mardi Gras Casino on a Friday. But yeah. if you went back for seconds, you wouldn't get seconds on the sides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'll tell you something. If they had like a we, place... Kirchhoff's uh, never been with us to eat. No, if, he had a, if they had a pota- mashed potato addiction center, he'd be there. He'd have to go. When I go back for seconds, it's generally... All of it. Oh, really? Like okay. even on Thanksgiving, like double, I don't, I don't go back just, yeah, I don't go, not just turkey, put more stuffing, more deviled eggs, more mashed potatoes, Everything. all of it. Just all of it. If you're going for round two, it's round two. That's a plate so nice, <laughs> I'll do it twice. That's what that is. Thanks for being with us. We're back Monday to preview West Virginia and Baylor. All the be good. Bears. See you. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.